This is The Rich Eisen Show with guest host Kirk Morrison. Let's start this program with Wyndham Clark's mother before she passed had a mantra of play big. Wyndham Clark has played bigger than the biggest names of the game. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Earlier on the show, Raven safety Marlon Humphrey. Golf and college football writer for The Athletic, Brody Miller. Coming up, Titans defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Kirk Morrison. Hour three here on the Rich Eisen Show. Kirk Morrison here filling in for Rich. Man, an awesome show we got going today. Brock, Mandel, Tufo, TJ, we all here right here in the flesh. Hope you all had a happy Father's Day weekend. Happy Juneteenth today as well. Everybody celebrating. And, I find uh, it funny, Kirk, it's Juneteenth and you and I are here and Rich isn't. Yeah, that's just funny to me. <laughs> here you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I got you. I feel like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think because he was one of the celebrities that wasn't uh, that didn't get a chance to go to the uh, LACC this weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, gotcha. usually he's usually here, but you know what I mean. The golf course didn't. Uh, they needed rich actually. They probably did. They needed another personality around, but well, no I mean, celebrities were allowed. That's what I'm saying. If Lionel Rich can't get in, how rich getting in? I got in though, but you know what? I had to go and find my way in. I'm a man of the people. That's why. Kirk got a secret entrance. Come on, you know Lionel Richie. You know Lionel Richie got a secret tunnel or something, right? Somebody got something. Had to get down there if he wants to. But you know what, man? NFL off season is the real off season is now started because the OTAs and the mini camps and all that stuff is now over. And you get a little chance to just take a breather. I talked about a little bit earlier in uh, in the show, just about the time to relax and just meditate, reflect. And a guy we could talk to about reflecting on a career so far that has been outstanding is Jeffrey Simmons, the Titans defensive tackle, the number one draft or the 19th overall pick back in the 2019 NFL draft joins the program. And uh, Mr. Simmons, I call you Mr. Simmons, Jeffrey. Um, just tell me right now, after this entire offseason is sort of now at any the part of the vacation and the resting part, where does Jeffrey Simmons usually find his time now to get away from football? Uh, first off, man, I appreciate y'all for having me. But, uh, man, you you know, you really don't get away from the game of football. Um, you know, when just the game, the nature of the game we play, you know, um, you know, you get them a couple months right after the season. But, I mean, we right after mini camp, you got the OTA, you got the mini camp, then boom, you got um, you got to go right back to training because you got that month or, or whatnot, you know, that five weeks mark just to, before training camp. So, you know, I but I do, you know, I get to, I get I enjoy just to be around my family. You know, uh, I'm up here in Dallas. Um, I'm getting some work in with my guy Adam, and you know, also the, all of my field work. I just worked out with my uncle who played in the league, Jason Hatcher. Yeah. So I, I, that's that's what I'm doing right now, and uh, I'm getting ready to actually get some field work in in a little bit but man it's 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 amazing just to be around family and you know um do what i love doing and you know i, I love the outdoors you know fishing whatever it may be i'm trying to get into this golf thing which is not <laughs> it's not it's not the easy thing i'm very competitive so i'm out there with my uncle and i'm seeing him hit these golf balls and make it look so easy i'm like uh yeah I'm, I'm gonna go get some lessons in tonight so um so yeah man just been finding things that you know I've been in, trying to enjoy doing. Like I said, the fishing and now this golf thing. So, and I'm sure you guys golf, and I know um, a lot better than me. So, no, trust me, golf is always it's very humbling, Jeffrey. No matter how many times you play it, <laughs> the course will continue to humble you each and every time. But no, you know, I, I do want to go back a little bit just to when you, you know, you're coming out of college, Jeffrey, and you're training, getting ready for the NFL draft, and I, I remember you got hurt training. And so you had to miss a majority of that 2019 season. And then you came on and all the Titans fans were like, man, we may have something here. And in two full seasons of play, you've established yourself, Jeffrey, as one of the top defensive tackles um, in the National Football League. I mean, three seasons, I should say. You've established yourself as one of the top defensive players in all of the game. How hard was that 2019 season for you to – know you should be out there, but having to rehab, but now finally getting out there and showing you, showing Titans fans in the league what we all expected from the uh, 19th overall pick in 2019. 
I mean, mentally, it was it, it was it was hard. You know, I think when I reflect back on that, and I and I'm at a space now where I look back and say, yeah, it, it was supposed to happen that way. You know, everything happened for a reason, and um, you know, that whole season, um, uh, you know, I, I get hurt. Um, that couple weeks right before the combine, I was gonna go up there and do the meets and stuff. But right before, you know, that it was like that. I think it was like February 13th or something like that. And you know, I went out there doing a normal drill. And, enough turn my ACL and you know I'm thinking like what about to happen now but man I, I would say once I got drafted to Tennessee it just you know I, I think it's just being around the people um you know in that building you know the organization I had a, a great vet um Jarrell Casey so I think being around them type of guys helped me out a lot mentally because um you know one thing that you know helped me a lot was you know I think it was Jarrell he just like you know control what you control and um, I think at that point it was just my rehab. I couldn't do nothing else. You know, I didn't feel I, I didn't feel like I was part of that team because you know I wasn't really going to the meetings. I wasn't doing the walkthroughs on camp. I was just going to rehab. You know, maybe team me and straight back to rehab. But like I said, it, it's all worked out fine. I'm um, I'm in a space now uh, where you know I'm so grateful. You know, I'm grateful to be in Tennessee. The fans, you know, I love them. You know, I'm grateful for the city. Um, I mean, especially Miss Amy, man. They took a chance on me and, you know, just gave me another extension. So things have been working out just fine for me up there in Tennessee. So. I like the all-pro defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons of the Tennessee Titans joined the Rich Eisen show. You mentioned it. Uh, the big contract extension, one of the highest-paid defensive players in the National Football League. And you mentioned it. You had to, to prove it in the path that you did get to here. You mentioned that you had to continue to keep showing, hey, this is what the future is going to look like. Does that now give you added pressure even more now to continue to keep living up to what you've already accomplished? I wouldn't say, I w- I wouldn't say added pressure. I think when I when I look back on it, when I I know what, what I expect out, out of myself, and I know what Tennessee expects out of me, it just with me. How can I be a better me each and every day? Um, you know, I'm not going into this season trying to overdo it. I, I think each year you you figure that, that what you can get better with your game and. You know, that's kind of one of the things I have been I, – I looked at. You know, I, I'm watching film with Coach Rabe. I'm watching film with Coach C. And then, I, you know, I'm watching film up here with the Medallas. It's just I want to find that next – what could take my game to the next step. And I think that that's the pressure right there for me. Like, how can I get better from last year to now to take my game and elevate my game, you know, another year going into year five. So, I want to say no added pressure. I just want to um, – you know, continue to be dominant. I want to be more consistent with my play so that can, you know, help my team in the best way it can. So I think that's that's my goal this year. You know, I, I took a, a lot of things from, um, you know, going to the meetings and OTAs uh, and minicamp, just, you know, hearing what I need to work on. I think that's, that's been my mindset, you know, just trying to focus on those things this offseason so I can be a better Jefferson Simmons uh, for this upcoming season. Jeffrey, how is it being coached? by Mike Vrabel. What, what is it like being in for a guy who's won Super Bowls in this league, who played for the Patriots for a long time, was an outstanding player in his own right? What is it like being coached by Mike Vrabel? Oh, oh man, I love it, man. He, you know, he pushes, he push you know, especially me. You know, um, we, he'll tell you that. <laughs> he, I, I saw something uh, the other day. He talking about my, my bark is um, my bark is louder than my bike, bigger than my bike, <laughs> something like that. But it, it just, it, you know, it's fun, you know, having a coach like that that you can, you know, talk smack to during practice, especially when you make a play or whatever it may be, just to talk smack to him. And you know, but it's all it's all good, you know, because you know one thing he always says, you know, he gonna he gonna hold his um, the best players or whatever it may be to the higher standard. And I would say he hold me to one of the highest standards in the building. So, you know, I enjoy playing for him, man. He's a real player coach. You know, he want he the best. He likes to win. So, you know, I love to win. So, um, you know, we get along uh, wonderful. So, uh, man, it's like I said, it's, it's good playing for Coach Ray. I know one of the things now is that when you look at Coach Vrabel, obviously there's always been this mentality that you guys play with, this toughness, especially on defense. But – you look at the other side of the uh, the football, the offensive side, it's also a running back by the name of Derrick Henry. You've been around him now four seasons. What is it about Derrick Henry that makes him so special that we don't see? Obviously, we see him running the football, but 
the dude seems like he's about the same size as you running downhill. What, what is it about Derrick Henry that you see that a lot of other people don't get a chance to see every day? I mean, I mean, I mean, we can we see it every now and then on social media, but just his work ethic, man. Like, you know, he put so much work in. Um, you know, I was I was talking to him um, right before we left, and you know, he trained up here in Dallas as well. And he he told, he, asked, he said, I, I was like, man, I'm gonna come get some hills in with you, and I'm like. <laughs> I think he said he run like 21 of them. I'm like, how long? How many? <laughs> and that hill, that, that's a pretty long hill. But when I talked to him, though, you know, it's just his mindset. You know, it was a day, you know, he'll come in and work out in the morning during the minute camp. And then, you know, I'm thinking he's done. He go to practice. And I see him going back to the weight room after after the minute camp practice. I'm like, what you been do? He said, I'm to get another lift in. Come on. I'm looking like, yeah, you're different. So I <laughs> I think that's I think that's the thing with Derrick, man. Just his work ethic, how much he put into this game. You know, what's going on here? I think what seven or eight for him. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I don't I don't see him decline. I just see because his work ethic and the way he still getting out. I, I just see him still keep elevating. You know, Jeffrey, you had a couple seasons in, in Tennessee to where you guys have been the number one seed. You get to the playoffs last year. A lot of expectations on you guys. You guys don't make the playoffs and. You continue to have uh, this the expectation of, okay, we got to get here or else, or the window is closing. But for you, outside of that, when you get away from all of the noise when it comes to the NFL, when you sit down and just reflect or just relax, what is it? You mentioned the outdoors. You mentioned going fishing. How, how is that? How do you get that peace before you get back out on the football field? Man, I, I just I, I go back to my family. You know, when I go home, you know, I, you know, one of the things I try to do is just get away from the game for a minute. You know, especially um, after the wins or even the losses, man. Is because you know when I reflect, I, I think that's the reason why I do I play the game of football. Um, you know, of course I love the game, but man, I just I know my son and my sisters, and they you get accident about all the all the families. Like my sister gonna be the loudest in the stadium. So it just when I see the joy on their face, and I and y'all can have one of the baddest game in, on on Sunday and. Oh, you play great, and, and that's the reason why we do it, man. It's just, you know, just like, um, that family atmosphere. Like when I go home, you know, I can feel like okay, everything is okay. You know what I'm saying? So right. I think, like I say, just that my family, man. I, you know, because you know, I don't really do that much in during the season, other than you know, be with my family and um, you know, I do my massages and all that. But at the end of the day, you know, I just like to be around my family. You know, Jeffrey, you were also a two-time All-Academic SEC. What, what did you major in at Mississippi State? So, I was in kinesiology starting off in my freshman year of college. And then, um, you know, so I, I had a mindset of, you know, I, I want to leave college in three years, but I want to graduate in three years. And it was like, that's no way you graduated with kinesiology. So, I changed my major. It's called uh, Human Development Family Science. And... Um, it's a major that you know I'm um, planning on finishing this off season, this upcoming off season. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think when I was when I picked that major, you know, I didn't realize that I was gonna have to do all these hours of like you know the the, the services and like the um, I guess I, I don't I want to call it community service. I think it was just the hours where you have to go into like a boys and girls club. I think I had to do like 450 hours. I'm like, whoa, I'm leaving. It. <laughs> I'm like, I'm leaving in December. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. But, yeah, my goal is to go back this uh, – I got like three or four classes left. Um, my goal is to go um, this off season, this upcoming off season, and, and finish my degree. So, Just a couple more questions here for Jeffrey Simmons, Titans defensive tackle. Uh, you know, Jeffrey, obviously we, earlier we had Marlon Humphrey on, another uh, player from the uh, SEC, uh, such as yourself. As you watch SEC football on Saturdays, and obviously you see a lot of guys who played in the SEC on Sunday that you're going up against, what is it about that conference in your eyes? What, do you, what did you see in college that made you or prepared you for the NFL game on Sunday? I mean, when you look at it, you know, a lot of these, you know, I, I feel like talent, you know, you got talent, you know, no matter where you go play ball at, it's going, you know, people going to see that. But at the end of the day, man, it's just, it, it, it feel like it got me so ready for the NFL early because you know when a lot of guys are like, man, the SEC different. Uh, it's different in the trenches. You got these. <laughs> like I remember playing against in college, and that's when I ain't, of course, like I would say like my mindset was 
still like kind of how it is now, but you know, I'm I'm, I'm better. But I, I remember in college, I'm like, we're gonna play Bama, and we're playing against like Lester Titan. He's 360 pounds. I'm I'm like I'm just 305, coach. I'm like, what I'm gonna do with that double team with that? So I think it just it, it, it's different in the SEC, man. The, the size, the speed, you know, the talent. Like I said, the talent is everywhere, but I just feel like the SEC just attract more. Um, you know, a little higher, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, that that, and especially playing in the trenches, is different, and it got me ready. I feel like uh, for where I'm at now. So, well, Jeffrey, I'm, I'm gonna get you out of here on this one because I know you're gonna get to the workout and get ready. But what is it like now this year, knowing the 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 Titans are the underdog? They're not going in as a favorite to win the AFC South. They're going in as an underdog because of you know what the. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars did last year. The Colts will be different at quarterback. You guys possibly could be different at quarterback as well. What is it like now with the m- mindset of going in as the underdog rather as the favorite as you were last year? I mean, it don't matter. I, th- I think that's I, I, when you look at it, um, you know, we were the favorite last year, and look where we ended at. I think all that preseason and, you know, that ranking stuff don't matter to me. I I go with the mindset that, you know, I, like, I want to win. We're going to take one game at a time. And um, at the end of the day, it's about how much we could put it together as a team during camp and stick together and, and keep, keep doing that each and every uh, game during the season. Uh, like I said, we're trying to build something in Tennessee right now. You know, a lot of people say it's the rebuild year, and I told them, like, I'm not looking forward to rebuild. I'm looking forward to the win. So, um, you know, our mindset is, you know, block out the outside, outside north, just focus on our team, and, you know, whenever we get to the season and see, especially – Whoever we play, uh, I know we open up with the Saints, and whenever we get to that point, we'll worry about that then. But right now, I feel like we're still trying to build our team, um, and especially with the new guys, you know, trying to get them to buy in what we like, what we do in Tennessee, how we play in Tennessee, and I think that's our main uh, goal right now and our focus right now. Well, uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave it at that because I know you got to get to those uh, 22 heels right now. So I'll let you go run your 22 nah. heels, <laughs> and we'll, I'm, we'll I'm catch hold, up later. I'm going to hold off on that one right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeffrey, man, appreciate the time. Continued success. Congratulations on the contract. And we're going to see what these uh, Tennessee Titans of 23 have in store. Man, appreciate it as always. So I appreciate you guys. <laughs> That's Jeffrey Simmons, all-pro defensive tackle from Mississippi State. Man, whew, one of three first-rounders that came out of Mississippi State back in 2019. He, Jonathan Abram, safety, and Montez Sweat with the uh, Washington Commanders. So that's that was a stacked defensive line. And I think we don't talk enough about the Tennessee Titans. They're not the big, sexy team, right? They're not the Cowboys. They're not the Jets now, all right? They're not all these. But then, all of a sudden, there's one of those teams that with Mike Vrabel, I turn on the TV, I know what I'm going to get. They're going to be physical. They're going to be. They're not flashy. But we got to see what if Will Levis, the starting quarterback, well, not a starting quarterback, I should say, in the quarterback competition, when will he play? Will he play? Will he not? We'll see. Um, so that's one of my storylines going into the season. NBA storylines have been fast and furious, though. We've already been talking some stuff already today in terms of Draymond Green. we got to talk Bradley Beal. What does this mean now? He's traded to the Phoenix Suns. What happens to Chris Paul? we got so much to get to. And my guy Howard Beck, the veteran NBA reporter, he's going to join us. Coming up next, break it all down for us right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. How many shirts are under there? All right. One. Yeah. T-shirt. Two. Regular shirt. Three. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Four. Hold on, Sir. keep going. We call it Brockman's Hobo Five. Day. Dude, Hobo what are you doing? Six. Wait, hold on. Six. Our, our, this is crazy. There's more. No way. Seven. Seven. Gillian, this is insane. Have you ever? Eight. This is like. <laughs> What's this? Not, is this a shirt? Nine. A shirt. Oh my god. Uh, we've got some. Pull over. More shirts than I own. I got a hat. Dude. This hat. Lenovo. <laughs> A spoon? <laughs> that he stole from A water bottle? Oh my god, this is There's a lab coat? Dude. Oh, more rowdy, rowdy Piper? This is. This oh! Pictures. Oh my god. That's sweet. Why that is that should, under there? That should be out. It's a little creepy. I don't know. It's a little, oh, the rest of it's not Magic creepy. eraser. <laughs> this is unbelievable. What? I just bought some of these at Home Depot. They're great. <laughs> Halloween peeps. That's from last Halloween. Yeah, those are those are a year old that my mom sent. I think you have to eat them on camera. Like right now? Yeah. 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 yeah those are like those are like oh. nuclear holocausts. That that, that 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 lasts. By the way, always gluten free, fat free. Great. Open them. Okay. Are, is anyone else gonna have one of these? Are you gonna have? One? Absolutely not. No. Come on, bro. Uh, Go ahead. Eat this. Chris Paul bobblehead bobble 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 Oh yeah. A bobblehead bobble bobble bo Is it empty? Yeah. The bobble, Why are you keeping the, bobble the box? On the desk. Why How's the peep? Yeah. How's the yeah, peep? Why keeping the box? Why did I bring him? Yeah. Are you serious? Is there anybody want one? No. Is there anybody want one? I'm curious what a year-old peep looks like. Don't throw me one. Peep. Don't throw me one. Don't throw me one year-old peep. peep. What else is under there? I want some more year-old Halloween candy. <laughs> dude, dude. Halloween is a week and a half away. I'm getting ready. I was stocking up. Uh, welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. I said the NBA news was fast and furious on Friday, and then you had breaking news yesterday, Sunday, about Bradley Beal, uh, no longer a Washington Wizard, uh, now becoming a Phoenix Suns, and they're actually finalizing that deal. Some holdups, possibly Chris Paul not wanting to go to Washington. There's a lot that still has to go down, but a guy who could break it all down for us, a guy who truly I respect in the game, veteran NBA reporter Howard Beck joins the Rich Eisen Show. And Howard, are, are we shocked by the move? Did were Phoenix always seem to be you know in contention for the Bradley for in the Bradley Bill trade? But what are we thinking that's going to hold this up, or will this all finally get pushed all the way through? Well, it seems pretty clear it's going to go through. The only question is whether they might expand the deal. We've seen this in the past mm. um, with several different deals. And, in fact, we saw it uh, another Wizards deal a couple of years back involving their other all-star guard at the time, um, Russell Westbrook. That deal eventually <laughs> was expanded when right. they were uh, sending him to the Lakers, and so um, if I'm recalling that one correctly, yes. I'm, I'm maybe uh, conflating that with another one. And the Anthony Davis one, actually, several years ago, was like this too. You come to terms on the the, the principles of a deal, and then if you have to 
no particular urgency, and they've got some time here before Chris Paul's, you know, they've got their contract uh, guarantee date that they're coming up on, but they've got a little bit of time before that. Often will then search the league. Somebody else can participate in the deal if, for a different variety of reasons. In this case, for one specific one, which is that the Wizards have no use for Chris Paul at this stage of his career. Right. He certainly, I'm sure, would li- like to land somewhere else. The Clippers, obviously, are the team mentioned most often. And if you can find a way to involve a third team, and if you're Washington, maybe extract even more assets in a three-team deal than you would in a two-team deal, there's certainly incentive to do that. Sometimes there are cap savings involved or trade exceptions involved. Sometimes you're just trying to get a few more picks somehow involved in the deal. So you're going to do your diligence um, and and see where that leads. In terms of surprise, I mean, the only thing I'm surprised about is, is that the Suns were this aggressive to get Beal in the first place because right. I just don't think it's the right move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can say that. I was looking at the roster this morning, and it's Beal, Booker, Durant, Aiden, I think one more player, and that's it. They don't even have a full roster yet. So what are they? do they even have enough to even put around them? Because they look like Howard, they're right in the same situation that they were in during the playoffs this past season. A great starting five, but there's nobody to really come off the bench and be a contributor. Yeah, and, and this is why I, I also just caution people not to judge the deal too harshly yet. Like, I will judge it based on the fact that I don't think Bradley Beal was the right move for them at all. Mm, right. And I think it may exacerbate some of the issues that you just listed. But overall, we can't really judge what the Suns will be and all these question marks until the rest of the offseason plays out, right? Like, I, I think they're probably going to trade DeAndre Ayton and bring back multiple pieces, and that will help replenish some of the depth that they badly need. We're as we sit here right now, you're wondering, well, who's their point guard? Or are they going to go without a point guard? And it's just some combination of Beal and Booker and Durant handling the ball. That has its own implications. But maybe they're going to go get a point guard. Uh, if they're trading DeAndre Ayton, who's the new starting center? They already had just a, a you know bereft bench in the playoffs, as you noted, and it was part of why they lost when they did. And so they've got time to figure all that out. The problem is the combination of their new big three, and call it a big four for the moment if you want to throw Aiton in there, <laughs> right. those four guys are making $162 million combined. The projected salary cap for next season is 134 The projected tax line is 162 So they're already at the projected tax line with just four players. And, you know, as you, I'm sure, are aware, like the new CBA comes into effect at, on July 1st and makes it far more difficult to keep adding players once you have hit these so-called aprons. And so this is the wrong time to be all in with, you know, multiple max guys, including one in Bradley Beal, who can't even stay healthy. Mm, Veteran reporter and host of the NBA Locked On podcast, Howard Beck joining the Rich Eisen show. And look, Howard, I was just thinking about, you mentioned DeAndre Ayton. And I don't know if because of what the Denver Nuggets did just in, in winning the NBA Finals, and the way that Jokic played. Is there a resurgence of trying to keep a DeAndre Aiden more so? Or is it just what Jokic presents, teams are just going to have to figure it out because you're never going to have a big man who can actually guard Jokic or give you the key minutes that you need. So it's just either outscore the Denver Nuggets who don't seem like they're going anywhere or to try to find a center who can try to at least slow Jokic down. Yeah, I don't know what the answer to the Jokic puzzle is, and I don't think too many teams do right now, and that's part of why the Nuggets are champions. Yeah. Uh, but for everybody in the Western Conference or anybody with championship aspirations, I just I think it's part of your calculus, but it's not the whole thing. Right. I remember you know, when, when Shaq and Kobe were winning championships uh, at that time, I was covering the Lakers, a bunch of teams were loading up on bigs not because they thought they had anybody who could stop or slow down Shaquille O'Neal, but just they just, you know, they want a, a, a bunch of different guys that could throw at him with different styles and physicality and more fouls to spend, whatever. So I've seen that in the past where a single player will cause everybody to go into the offseason with the thought in mind of, well, now, now this is the guy we're chasing. How do we deal with him? Uh, look, I don't, I don't know that there is an answer there. You know, like Joel Embiid is probably the only guy who's going to, to present a real challenge at both ends to Jokic on a consistent basis. And, you know, the teams are going to have to find other ways to deal with the Nuggets. And the Nuggets aren't just Jokic. They're, you know, Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. and and the rest. And so 
it's more about the, the, the totality of the, the Nuggets' offense and the way Jokic leverages all of his teammates that makes them so effective. So, you know, I think push comes to shove. I think if you're the, Sun, you're the Suns, you'd, you'd rather still have the under Aiton, but there right. are questions about just his overall makeup before any of this, and now there are salary cap issues to boot and depth issues on top of it all. So I, I just think the only practical way forward, Jokic or no Jokic, is to trade your starting center, DeAndre Ayton, and break up his $32 million salary into multiple pieces because you need to find another way to fill out your roster now. Yeah, you're trying to fill out a roster, but then there's other teams who are trying to still draft players to figure out their roster as well. And I think about this week. It's like NBA draft week, right? Everybody's excited about what the draft may bring you as a as a franchise. We all know that San Antonio Spurs are going to take Victor Wimbanyama. And the expectations are there. One of the most highly uh, sought after or one of the best prospects we've seen since LeBron James. And I always say this, when you have those types of expectations, there's a lot that has to happen. What will the San Antonio Spurs get in Victor Wimbanyama? But more importantly, what does this mean for them in terms of going, getting a title, get building a franchise around him to where they can be a consistent or a consistent contender year in and year out? Way too early to talk about them as a contender, although not too early to think about the fact that Victor Wembanyama will make that possible. Mm. I mean, everybody in the league is in love with this guy. Um, it's not just that he's well over seven feet with guard skills and, and really fluid, too. Um, it's that his love for the game is apparent. His character, everybody believes, is, is very high. Um, he's engaging. He's got a personality. And, look, we've seen all kinds of players come along in recent years that we refer to as, as you know, the so-called unicorns, guys who are at or, or above seven feet or, or within, you know, 6'10 to 7 feet range with guard skills. And some of them move better than others, right? right. Some, you know, you know, you think of a guy like Giannis moves really well, but Giannis right. isn't a shooter. Um, you know, Kristaps Porzingis, who Durant named the unicorn, was kind of awkward in the way Porzingis moved even before his knee injury. Wembenyama is as tall as Porzingis, but moves as fluidly as Kevin Durant does and shoots way better than Giannis does. Um, he just, he has everything. He has ball handling skills. He has range. Um, like he, like he's a guy you invent, uh, in, in, you know, I don't know if you could do, go to that far in NBA 2K. I'm not a video game guy, but like, <laughs> yeah. he's a guy you, you would invent, right? right? Um, I'm going to make a guy who's, who's, who's got guard skills, but he's, he's a seven footer and can block mm -hmm. shots and, and can cover every inch of the court. Yeah. That's Wembenyama and the Spurs are getting him. Yeah, we call them the creative players, right? You create them. Just, just put them all the way together, Howard. So uh, the, the one thing that I'm hearing about a former number one overall pick in, in Zion Williamson, chatter in New Orleans that possibly he's for, trying to force his way out or the trade discussions for Zion Williamson. Is it obviously the injury history is something that you just can't predict, but it has been a key to why the Pelicans haven't been good over the last couple seasons. But is there really a possibility of trading Zion Williamson, you think, to get one of these top draft choices uh, to come in on, on Thursday? Hard to say. Um, it's, it's interesting. Considering that Zion's a former number one overall pick, yeah. considering that at the time he was picked, we were talking about him as being possibly the best pick since LeBron James. <laughs> um, and given that when he has played, he has played at an absolutely just incredible level, a dominant level, for a guy with that profile, I will nevertheless say this. I don't know what his trade value is, and I'm not sure wow. across the league if you could get a consistent feel for what his trade value would be because he's on a, a, a max deal paying him well over, I think, 240 250 million. Um, he's, you know, injured for two-thirds of every season of his career so far. Uh, he's now got some off-court stuff that we don't need to go into that right. I think just casts some more doubts about his judgment and his maturity. Correct. And I, I, I listen. If you're the Pelicans, I would I could totally see the motive in wanting to trade him for somebody more reliable. Um, you've got other good players in Ingram and CJ McCollum and Herb Jones and, and this, this young group of players that I think have a lot of promise. And maybe you just want to move forward. But if you're another team out there, you know you're taking on all the risks that the Pelicans are now trying to shed of whether or not Zion will stay in shape, of whether or not he'll stay healthy, of whether or not he'll you know, 
conduct himself in a way that that uh, that doesn't make the franchise cringe. And so I don't even know how you assess his total value. If you put him out there right now in the market, and it's not too clear how aggressively they're doing that, I, I think you'd find a wide range of what uh, teams would say he's worth. And I think there are probably some that would say, you know what, given how expensive he is and how much risk is associated, I think there are teams that would probably say, you know what, I'd, I'd rather just, you know, Steer clear. Do my own thing. Yeah, just stay away. Uh, veteran NBA reporter Howard Beck, host of the Locked On NBA podcast, joined the Rich Eisen. So just a couple more questions for you, Howard, just because uh, we know Victor Wimbanyama will be the one overall pick, the first selection on Thursday. Who's number two? And what does the draft sort of look like when you get from two through five, two through six? Anybody else stand out that possibly we could be talking more about after Wimbanyama? The, the two guys who are, you know, next in line are Scoot Henderson, who was playing for the G League Ignite. That's right. their development straight from high school. In fact, high school to do that. Uh, and Brandon Miller, forward um, from Alabama. Like, right. those are the two guys that that is weighing at number two. It's not clear where Charlotte's going there or if Charlotte might move that pick, which then will affect Portland because Portland is at number three and – they have a decision to make. They have multiple decisions to make <laughs> yes, they <do>. uh, because <laughs> they have to decide: Are they trading the pick, whoever it may be, for immediate help to try to keep to try to uh, you know get Dame Lillard a, a decent supporting cast in the near term, um, or would Portland keep the pick? Would they trade Dame, or would they keep the pick and and say, you know what, we'll just bridge the gap between the youth and, and Dame, and we'll just figure it out? I, like it, it's there's a thousand questions of, about the Blazers alone. And then it, it keeps getting stranger because the Rockets are at number four and they've already got a bunch of young players, projects. <laughs> um, there's every indication they're trying to now turn this thing around. They're, they're, they're done with their tanking phase, or at least they'd like to believe so. And so they want to win. And they're, they're aiming to, to start winning immediately. Well, another 19- or 20-year-old isn't going to help you immediately. And the Pistons are at number five, and they're in the same position as the Rockets in, in terms of wanting to turn the corner and another 19-year-old, again, 19-year-olds don't usually get you immediate wins in the NBA. So, um, and then, you, you know, you jump down to, to seven. The Pacers are, are, are said to have be shopping that pick. Um, there's just a lot of fluidity, I think, in this draft uh, because there's a lot of teams that I don't think necessarily want to be exactly where they are or, or might want to trade down or trade out. Yeah, I feel like it's like the AAU portion when it comes to the Rockets and the Pistons and all of that. Just a bunch of young guys going out there, and hopefully they change things around. But last question for you, Howard, before I let you go is, you mentioned Dame Lillard. He's one of those big names that possibly could be dealt. Um, Chris Paul in this trade for Bradley Beal could be a buyout situation, which makes him a free agent. How do you see Chris Paul, who I think is the biggest name but does have – uh, at least a, a bit of contribution left in him for a franchise that thinks they can win a world championship. How do you see Chris Paul, this situation for him? Uh, how does it, how does he handle it? Well, his family's still in LA um, and has been ever since his Clipper days. And I, I think probably Chris Paul is going to try to do everything possible to get as close to LA as possible or back to LA uh, maybe the Clippers get in on this this trade with the Wizards and Suns, and he lands there anyway. Um, maybe he ends up somewhere else, and you know he does have it's a it's half of his thirty. It's, it's like thirty one million on his contract, and like right. fifteen million is guaranteed. So if they waive him, I, the date's coming up in a week or so. If you waive him, um, then the team is only on the hook for for the half of, of the salary, and then he's free to go somewhere else. I think. If I had to guess, one way or another, he's going to find his way back to L.A. Um, probably the Clippers, although I think it'd be interesting if, if the Lakers wanted to chase him. He and LeBron James, of course, are very close. And, you know, uh, you know, there's there will be options for Chris Paul. It's just at this stage of his career, and he's clearly shown signs of, of wear and slowing down. Um, you know, it's, it's got to be a team that feels like they're, you know, not a piece away, like a superstar piece away, but a, a, a Chris Paul leadership slash playmaker away from uh, from something. You know, he's not going to a rebuilding situation. He's not going to mid-tier teams. Those don't make sense. Got to be a team that thinks it has a path to 
you know, a, a top four seed. And I think more likely than not, uh, as close to L.A. as possible. Well, we do know it is a busy next couple of weeks when it comes to the NBA draft, free agency, summer league, and somebody will have it all covered for you. The host of the Locked On NBA podcast, veteran NBA reporter Howard Beck. Man, appreciate the time, Howard. You got it. Have a good one. Thanks. Yeah, you can follow him on Twitter as well, at Howard Beck. Ooh, it's a lot. NBA's got a lot, so I'll keep my uh, eyes posted. But the big names is what draw your attention. What happens to Dame Lillard, Chris Paul? Is there another trade out there? The trades always say that the NBA offseason is always about the mystery of what can be, right? It's, ooh, can this team trade for this? Or can this team trade for that guy? And what It's always drama. It's gossip. But that's what drives the NBA offseason because one player, can they change? Can they make a team now viable? What happens with the Celtics? Do they make a move? It's all kind of stuff that just goes on. But at the end of the day, who's going to dethrone the Denver Nuggets who look like a team that just can't be stopped? So we'll see in the next coming weeks. More on the Rich Eisen Show as we bring it home here. Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. How did you wind up at Weber State, Damien? How did that happen? I uh, just didn't get recruited. Uh, I remember I, I had a good summer on the circuit in Weber State. You know, at, at one of the games, you know, there was one coach at the game, and it was uh, Coach Randy Ray from Weber State. And they started recruiting me hard and, you know, developed a relationship with him. And it wasn't like, you no know, big-time schools came along or nothing like that. So I just kind of went with the people that I developed some trust with and, you know, people I was comfortable with. And you were the number zero representing the letter O from o- from Oakland and obviously now you play in Oregon. Do you feel now that you 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 play basketball in Portland, in the Pacific Northwest, beautiful state of Oregon, that you're overlooked, that this is a a theme for you, Damian Lillard, your whole life, that you're overlooked? Would you Yeah, I, I think that? that I think that's been my story. You know, just um I guess being looked past. You know, I, I don't want to say overlooked because I think people see uh, what I do. Um, they just look past it. In, in high school, like I was saying, I, you know, on the circuit, I played against all the best players and I was having big games, you know. So I remember seeing, you know, all these high major schools at the game, seeing players on the opposite team. So, you know, they had to see what I was doing. They just looked past it, you know, because they were looking at something else. Same thing in college. You know, I would have big games when I played against big schools, and it was there to see somebody else. So, you know, um, and I think now being in Portland, you know, we don't, people got to stay up late on the East Coast to watch us play. Um, we don't play on TV, you know, two and three times a week. So I think it's just, 
Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, we bring it home here, coming off the uh, Father's Day weekend, Juneteenth. Uh, happy Juneteenth today as well. Look, over the weekend, I always tend to look at you know my phone, go through social media, you know, see what's trending, things like that. And I came across something, and I always I like to you know write it down and just have conversations, right? The group chats that I'm in with my buddies, we always find these different conversations, and one thing. We I did see and sparked a nice little conversation would be if you could bring one team back. If you could bring one team back, whether it's a team name, a team city, uh, some of just just a couple of examples. Uh, remember the Houston Oilers? I think we want to bring back that uniform. Remember that powder yeah, blue? We need, those jerseys. we need those jerseys. I know the Nashville, Tennessee Titans. We don't get that powder blue with that one, I mean, I just think about the, uh, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, that Warren Moon throwback jersey I used to wear to the club. <laughs> I don't get those nice. anymore. Um, think about the Seattle Supersonics. Yeah, that we, seems to be like, uh, the, that's a, a consensus. popular one, right? Because right? there's also rumors that the NBA is going to expand and Seattle's going to get a team along with uh, Las Vegas. Vegas. I did see that Stan Kroenke bought... Uh, or he's uh, now into the uh, the investment team down in San Diego that is going to redo the San Diego Sports Arena complex really? area. Oh, cool. Nice. Oh, yeah. So it's like that's three oh, West Coast teams go. now, you know what I mean, that possible suitors for a new yeah. NBA franchise. So we're saying Seattle, they deserve one for sure. Yeah. And then does it go to Vegas? Does San Diego say they have something about it? It's it's going to be multiple teams. Yeah, that's a good spot. But I always say this too. Nice. That would be a good, yeah. I think hockey has shown us that it, it works. Bringing in a franchise, you can get quick results. I mean, the Kraken were competitive. They're, they're, they had yeah. a nice playoff run. Obviously, Vegas now six years it took them to win a Stanley Cup. It, it you know it does happen. Yeah, we were talking about that in the NFL. We did a fun expansion draft. I don't know if you saw that uh, with Tom Pelissero. Oh yeah. Um, I think TJ had the best team. Mike took Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback. That was weird. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you can have success right away as an expansion team in today's kind of sports landscape. Because so. there's, there's a lot of guys vying for some jobs. Yeah, you there's know a lot I mean? of good players out there. I mean, the Houston Texans are actually really – they were the last expansion team that we've had, you know, because I remember when they first – you know, one of my, my college teammates was the second player drafted in Houston Texans history – uh, Chester Pitts, the uh, left tackle. Oh, nice. Yeah, right before, uh, right after David Carr. Not Derek, but David. Um, but that franchise has grown. And I feel like the NFL can't grow anymore. You can't put m- more franchises because yeah, the numbers so. just work. The numbers just, it, they work. 32, but then they just throw it off with these 17 games. Over 18 weeks. So does that mean that we have to expand? I know there's other markets out there that want to get an NFL franchise. But you'd have to push it to 40 you to, make, push the, to, 40, to I know. make the numbers work. Yeah, that's just Suddenly too much. Suddenly you now have five teams in every division, and that kind of you know is a nice round number. But 40 teams is so many. We, <laughs> can't, we can't find 32 players to be competent starting quarterbacks. How right. are we going to get 40? Uh, that's a good point. They won't. What do you mean? He just told you. You can't get 32 good quarterbacks. Right. Alone. So I'm just saying, like, we, we keep talking about this team that's going to be in London at some point. Um, that's a hike. That's a hike. No way. Yeah. I, I can't ever see a London team working. I just, I don't know. I, I, I just, there's teams that I've seen grow up when I was like younger. Like one of the teams was the Montreal Expos. Remember that the yeah. Expos had, and I feel like baseball, yeah, baseball, you can expand. But well, they're already at 30, so they would have to add two more. But we're ha- constantly having teams with poor attendance. They, you've seen what's going on in Oakland right now. Yeah, that's that that that's a that, that's a that's a little different there, you know. I know it's too bad. I mean, just but, the investment of the city and the yeah. ownership, and then everybody wants to get to Vegas because Vegas is popping right now. It's popping, yeah. <laughs> because no matter what, people are gonna be there. Like yeah. it's not even about the actual city and like oh the passionate fan base it's just 
no, this is a spot where people are always going to be at. It's already a, it's a destination place. Like it I'm is. already thinking about the Patriots are playing in, in, in October. Oh, so I, about, I thought I'll, you were about to say Patriots are playing in February. I was like, that's a bold statement. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Super Bowl I mean, 58. We do know maybe, it's maybe, in maybe, Las Vegas. Maybe January, but no, they have a game <laughs> there. And at some point. <laughs> a game there in October. I'm already thinking about it. Right. When the baseball team's there and, you're, and your team happens to play on a weekend, yeah. of course you're going if you're a big baseball fan. Dodgers, you get, Red Sox. You get three games over the yeah. weekend. You go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Vegas is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it do. I just basketball's I, coming. They're gonna have all four sports very, very soon. I would have never thought that when it came to Vegas. I mean, just been going to Vegas. I actually took a recruiting trip to the University of Nevada at Las Vegas. John Robinson was the head coach. How'd you not go there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll leave that story for uh, after the show. Oh, uh, just, just put it like this: it was, um, it was a great trip. It was a great trip, I and bet. that was the release of the. Uh, remember the Chronic 2001 yeah. album, yeah, of Dr. Dre. Yep, that was the theme of the weekend. I'll just say that. So it was. <laughs> a, it was a weekend I will never Dude, forget. But I was like, man, it was a. Uh, it, it was a. I would just never thought that would have been the sport town. I remember they had a stadium, Sam Boyd Stadium, which was where the uh, UNLV Rebels football team played at. And it's like a good 25 minutes off the strip driving. And I'm just thinking Vegas was just, it was just, you think of just a strip in this town. And now it's turned into a real sports town. Did you, I know you probably didn't catch much of the the parade this weekend of the uh, Vegas Knights. They actually had a parade during the weekend. People showed up. I mean, they show out and they actually have fans, hockey fans that have come out and they made that place. That's what it is. You, a lot of places that you go, you have to capture the people who are there. And I think Los Angeles is still doing that when it comes to their football teams. They got a they got a championship so quickly that people are like, "This is what you expect now." Having a Super Bowl with the Rams winning, the Chargers. I don't know what's going to happen with them. There's still a lot of bitter people down in San Diego who say, "Hey, we deserve a football team again because they took our team away." I don't see them the NFL expanding down to there, dangling a character places like that. So it's going to be tough. I just was thinking about some of the teams that I grew up watching and some of those historic uniforms and we may not see again. I don't know what you looked at me, TJ, like he was like, you know what? I thought about that. (laughs) Because I think I saw on Twitter, somebody posted something like that. So I was like, why is this like, because I I had that on my mind earlier today, but then you said the supersonics and that took my answer (laughs) right there because I feel like they definitely deserve to have another team. Well, we also had some fashion questions too. Like my buddies keep always asking me, I wish the Raiders at least one game wore black on black. Like the black top Ooh. with the black pants. Be just, or why don't the Dallas Cowboys wear the blue top with blue bottoms? Like just all blue. That navy blue. that You've that never be seen nice. it before. That would be nice, but can well, we ever co- see it? The color rush, they started to roll some of that out for but teams. The Cowboys have only worn. Did they wear all blue once? Uh, I think that they did. Or color just rush all, usually go you, all white. White, I think. All white. Thanks. Right. Yeah, I want to see when we're all blue. It would have been interesting to see. Well, the creamsicles are coming back this year, the Bucks. Uh yeah, uh, trust me, I'm going out to go run and get my Baker Mayfield creamsicle jersey. <laughs> <laughs> my Kyle, Kyle, Trask, Trask, Kyle Trask creamsicle Buccaneer jerseys flying <laughs> off. The, <laughs> oh, get out of here, man. Always a pleasure, man. Great feeling in here Thanks, on Kirk. the Rich Eisen Show. Kirk Morrison for Rich.